Welcome to the Cracked End Comedy Club! <laughs> On tonight's show, we've got clips from Paul Marsh, Richie Bree, Louise O'Toole, and Ian Coppinger. And we chat about how this all started working in and restrictions, alcohol prices rising in Ireland, tagging your scrotum, and QAnon. And now over to your hosts, Eddie Malarkey and Damo Clark. Okay, so this is the Crackdown Comedy Club podcast. Welcome. Hey, straight in there. Yeah. yeah. Nice one, Eddie. Yeah, how do you even start one? You just say hello and all that. Yeah, how do you start a podcast? Uh... <laughs> we should have done <laughs> It's like 20 years too late. <laughs> how long have podcasts been popular now? A uh, long time. Yeah, we're, we're past uh, our sell-by, but I was... Oh, I did want to clarify it for a few people. So it's the Crackdown Comedy Club podcast cracked down to the americans it's not the kind of cracked down that tears family apart right this is the kind of crack that brings families together around the fire you know yeah not the fire like from a lighter under a pipe <laughs> of any kind <laughs> bubbling away around the fireplace <laughs> with hot chocolates not a flame under a spoon of any kind <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a crack c-r-a-i-c the irish crack it's mm. like but there's no other word that really just as an Aussie there's no other word that really describes crack like it's not it's more than fun it's more than yeah. it's just the best it's just where drinking and, and and having a great time is the is the all-time priority it's a way of all-time being. priority it's a way of being isn't it yes it's like being zen but the opposite <laughs> it's the opposite of zen like you know that uh, yin and yang it's like the white with the black dot is the zen. And then the crack is black, baby! <laughs> and that white dot is the head of the Guinness yeah. looking down on top of it. That's must be, that's what the yin and yang is, Guinness! This whole time. Confucius came to Ireland and he was like, holy shit, I don't want to be like these guys. <laughs> I need more head on that Guinness just to balance it out. Like a really poorly poured Guinness is like the yin and yang sign. You're welcome, world. Guinness. That's their next ad. Fuck, you know the top of the Guinness, they have little designs. So you have a yin and yang holy and then they fucking animate it into a Guinness through the top of the white on the black oh bit. Oh my God, yin and yang. In fact... In uh, the crackdown last night, I was hosting and I was talking to a couple down the front and um, they both had a cream. I know, ooh, creamy pints of Guinness. They both had a Guinness, like, ooh, creamy pints. And then uh, they announced, he goes, oh, I'm uh, five months pregnant. And the crowd went, yeah. And I was like, and drinking Guinness. It's good for you. Hey. (laughs) Do you remember that rumor, which I'm sure Guinness started, that, oh, sure, if you're pregnant, don't drink too much alcohol, but Guinness is good. Great for the baby's growth. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. must, they must have started themselves. But anyway, so, yeah, even even pregnant mamas can drink a Guinness. And that's our shout-out for Guinness, our sponsor of the show <laughs> so, today. Yeah, we, because this is brand new, we are looking for a sponsor. So, uh, <laughs> yin and yang. Are you pregnant? Drink Guinness. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, crack, C-R-A-I-C, which is, I love that word. The crack is 90 is a, a, a big phrase. That I've come to know living in Ireland. It's a the crack big is one. ninety, and what is that? That just means ninety percent. Is it? Is it a percentage? The crack is ninety. The crack is ninety miles an hour. That's what I is always talk it to be. Yeah, the crack is. We're we're going ninety on the fucking highway. It, so like two miles per hour more than the Delorean needs to go through. The sp- yeah, to, to, exactly. to go through time. A we're, bit more. A bit more than that is the crack. Yeah, time is standing still. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what are we doing? So the crack is not. I like that. The so, crack so is 90 I, is the speed, not not 
90 out of 100. Okay, so we've clarified what the crack is. Okay, yeah, um, that's what the crack is. Yeah, that's what the... And so we, we, we were on a comedy club. We should clarify. Uh, I'm Eddie Malarkey. You're... Adamo Clark. We're both comedians. We've been comics for years. And then uh, Eddie started a comedy club... Um, I started, I started a comedy club about three years ago, right before the pandemic. Well, a year before the pandemic with a guy, Connell Walsh. Great guy. Moved to Canada. Then I swooped in. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Connell? I was always hanging around there. My story is... Well, just... you're, the, you're the first comedian I ever booked for a show in Cork. That's right. And I, I asked that. you, I, I had no idea. I was kind of new to comedy. A friend of mine... Had... <laughs> I I had no idea it was even good. Why did I even book you? I had no idea about the comedy scene, comedians. Is this guy even okay? I was like, I a, I was like a blind man at an art exhibition. Just, why were you feeling my face? These, is this a funny face? I like the texture of this paint. Um, so I didn't know what was going on. No, I didn't know. So I didn't know how to price a headline act. You know, so I. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> what did I quote you? No, so I said to you, which was the worst business thing ever, is say, so how much is it to book you for a headline act? And you were like, I, it was like the longest pause ever. You were like, yeah, yeah 400. <laughs> and I was like, oh, virtually, yeah, for shorts. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the cost. So what I said? That's what you said. Did I say anything about his drink? Included. No, I had no clue. I went back to the barman. I was like, it's 400. And he gave you 400. But then, that, that's, that's about right, I guess. That is but about like, right because, for the public to listen to. Uh, but you got to, tr- but you know, that's if that's doing a 20 minute set. Uh, how, like, how many, two, three hours drive from your house? No, no, no. It was a fair price. It was a fair price. But I just remember at the time, I, I, bad business on my behalf. I should have lowballed you. Yeah, I should have highballed you. 400. I'm way, worth way more than that. What was I thinking? But now we work together. Yeah, that's great. Now we run a club together. You still owe me that 400, by the way. Hey. Hey, that's why I'm doing this. Hey. But that was a great night, and drink was included. Oh, that was a lock-in after that. Those yeah, man, that was super. That was beanbags in this gig. That's how good it was. You know when you walk in, I like, some people are like, I don't like beanbags in a gig. They're too comfortable. When I go in, I'm like, these guys aren't going anywhere. Even yeah. if they wanted to, you can't get out of a beanbag at a comedy club. Yeah. You can't get out of a beanbag anyway. The bar's closed down since my friend went bankrupt. I'm never getting that 400. Beanbags, man. Stay away from oh, them. Yeah. They're still in there, though, but they just can't. They have to drag the beanbag out to get them out. Yeah. But that was a great, yeah, that was a great gig. So then from that, you booked that, and then yeah, I was always just hanging around the crack then anyway just for, for spots. For the crack. Uh, and Coattails Clark, they call me. If someone else has a good idea, I swoop in. Hey. I'm like the Robin to your Batman. If I was a pudgy Batman without a <laughs> bat signal and didn't <laughs> didn't do any crime fucking stuff. You're the penguin wearing the bat cloak. Mmm. <laughs> no, Eddie doesn't look he's in good shape, I don't know what he's talking about. But yeah. yeah. So that's what so we do so which, what's what's great is and then Eddie went straight back in when comedy was back allowed, you went straight like the venue you were in. Yeah, uh, it's getting demolished. The Mercantile in Dublin. Yeah, we we started out in one basement, then the pandemic happened. Then we moved to another basement. Um, fucking week one. Of, remember September, and they were like, "Okay, you can do things again, Ireland." Five months after the rest of the world, so we went straight back into Mulligan and Haynes' basement. Said we want to start a comedy club. I well, I went in. Yeah, and then uh, this is all you, man. I got demo on the first night, and you were hanging around. I said four hundred again. <laughs> How many people in there? I was 15 audience members so far. 400! <laughs> Another 400! Damo, you're killing me here. You either give me half the fucking stake of the club or you give me 400. All right, Demo, you can run the club with me. You better have a podcast. You better have a TikTok channel. Or, no, it's not even worth my time. Get to work, Eddie. 
Um, so yeah, you, you quickly jumped in. You were like, so I started with one night straight back. I was thinking, right, we'll get maybe three nights going, hopefully. And you came in day one. You were like, Eddie, five nights, I'm in. Come on. I was like, oh, shit, Damo. All right, let's do it. Yeah, because nothing else was happening because it was just out of lockdown and there was zilch. Yeah. Zilch for life. There was bits and pieces, but none that I knew of live. And it was great because then things sort of started coming back. But we were five nights a week. We're first comedy club back in the country. And I don't know if that's, te- that's technically I don't know, but it sounds good for the sounds podcast. Sounds good for us. Sounds good. But anyone who got anything going, anything live, fair play to you. Yeah. Because the fear was still there in the everywhere. Remember, they had fifty percent capacity for like the first two months of being back open. Yeah. So how we got around that is, we got everyone to cover up their legs. <laughs> <laughs> Only the full capacity, but only the top halves you're allowed in. No, they, they just have to cover up one leg. One leg. Hop in. <laughs> Hop on in. 50%. <laughs> That's the dumbest joke I've ever <laughs> How we got around that was ignoring it. We, re- we ignored we, it. We ignored we it. pretty much ignored it. Well, no, the thing, the way we got around it is, um, I can't, I'm going to name and shame people that we worked with. No. So how we got around it was, so 100% capacity standing in that room mm. was like 120 so 50% of that is 60. So we put 80 people in sitting. Yeah, so it's only 20 over. So it's only 20 over. Yeah. yeah. And people loved it. Well, the good thing about the, the basement room in the Mulligan and Haynes where we were was it was a secret room. It was like a speakeasy, which I like the name of the speakeasy. Speakeasy, um, I didn't know what it meant. It just sounded a bit weird, but it was because cause hidden bars, they had to speak easy. <laughs> they, they had to be quiet. <laughs> And that's it. That's all. There. And he still it's doesn't like me, know what it means. It's like me doing a book report. You know, when you don't read the book, you're just reading the back. It was about um, pride and prejudice, actually. And um, there was a lot of pride and a lot of prejudice at that time in you that just, area. You just didn't know what a word meant. And then you just took the sounds of it. And I didn't know what it meant, but it meant speak. Is it? It comes, no. from, it comes from the prohibition times, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Prohibition where they had to be like when you know they were looking for people drinking illegally because all yeah. drink was illegal. They they were like shh, quiet, so they just had to. And much like talk fucking quiet. prohibition, we had our own fifty percent prohibition, and we fucking ignored it we too. We ignored that, but because it was in a secret room, didn't matter. So downstairs, we were next to the toilets, <laughs> which is where comedy belongs. Yeah. Handy though. If you need a waz, and then, so people would come down and they would just be pushing all areas of the wall next to the toilets. But it was funny because I, I always wondered the people on the ground floor, were they just seeing 80 people just disappear down the steps and not come back? They'd be like, how big are these toilets? Yeah, yeah. That cubicle must be huge. And then it was just a great, especially for the time it was, coming in lockdown, it's like, what's legal, what isn't? Da-da-da. Have you got your code? Have you got your this? You push this secret room and then you're in there and it just felt like you were out of all that, which is what stand-up feels feels a bit illegal anyway, as they say. It's the best the best clubs. It feels like you're not supposed to be there. I think and every you... good comedy club should be breaking the law somehow. Yeah, otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? It's like we're all here making fun of our lives and what's going on outside and just to... Just a coping mechanism. We're processing life down there. And yeah. it's, a re- it's a release for all of us. And it was, it was class. And we just sort of... You kept that momentum up since the start yeah yeah i went straight to temple bar flyer in like a fucking yeah just out in the cold every day and he was there with his like you know those gloves with the fingers cut out of them oh jesus i was there with a spoon and a lighter <laughs> come, and crack. come to the crack then best crack in the city um, all these americans come up did you see best crack in the city and be like come on down come on down that basement 
So yeah, the comedy club is back. We're seven nights a week now. Which is seven nights. Yeah, we're going to go seven for February. And yeah, so we're going to be introducing clips from the gigs, from all the the best of Irish comedy and international comedians. We're going to be, cut a little clip out from the live shows we have on every week, and we're going to play it for you, lovely people. Mm. And you get to have a laugh at uh, some of the best Irish comic that's going on. Yeah, from anywhere in the world, I thought it was good because you know I have uh, you know I have a lot of friends that don't live in Ireland, tens of them, in fact. And uh, so then if you can't make it into Dublin, then you can hear what, what's going on in the old comedy scene in Ireland at the moment. And, mm. uh, and I have fans all over the world, uh, tens yeah. of thousands, Demo. So Well, that's true. Old Malaki, uh, what do they call you? Viral Malaki now? They got yeah, 40,000 yeah, yeah. views on the old TikTok. Well, before TikTok, I was viral Malaki for a very different reason. <laughs> <laughs> all over the world. All over the world. <laughs> tens of thousands. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Eddie's been doing tours for years in hostels. <laughs> The hostel, Eddie Malarkey hostel tour. Eddie Malarkey's viral hostel tour. Yeah, top bunk and bottom bunk. <laughs> top and bottom, just like Grinder. Um, no, I don't have that many, but we will. But also, uh, yeah, to your, here's to Damo's tens friends around the world. Yep. Hooking, hooking up some Irish comedy. Who are we starting with? Uh... Well, on Saturday, we recorded the audio for, from Saturday. And uh, first of all, I was hosting that night. Yeah, yeah. Great hosting. It was right. a great night. And that, that's, that was... That was the first night that we were out of any restrictions. So and so it was jam packed, but legally this time we had 110 yeah. or more than 110 people in there, yeah. 110 seated, and then people standing around the back. So it was, it felt great. I mean, it felt great, but I was a bit. I felt even better when it was illegal, you know. Yeah, it did have that vibe. Yeah, like I was like, well, yeah. I'm just another law-abiding schmuck. What else could we do? Like, it's just the fire marshal is the only one we, we can annoy now, really. Yeah. So we'll just stand near the exits or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we have to. We'll, we'll put a big table right by the fire exit. Yeah, that's it. Well, it has to be some sort of a legal spin to make comedy. <laughs> you know, you have to be a little bit on edge. It just makes better laughter. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll, instead of lighting the stage with like LEDs, we'll have flaming torches. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on the spotlight. <laughs> All right. Anyone with hairspray in, sit over there. Yeah. We'll seat them near it. Yeah, here's a sparkler. Light that up. Yeah, light that. Okay, welcome to your act. And like, uh, put out like petrol bombs. <laughs> like, you know. If here, you don't like this guy. Here, uh, two bottles at this table. Now light that rag that's sticking out the top. And if you like a joke, hurl it at the stage. <laughs> um, so our first, our first comedian we had for the. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. It was Paul Marsh. Good. We had Paul Marsh on. Saturday. Paul Marsh was on first. Paul Marsh is a ah, he's a bit of he's too good, isn't he, of a human being? He's a he's a he's a fire fighter. <laughs> he fights fire. He, he fights fire during the day, and then by night he's a stand-up he's comedian. comedian. So you better hope there's no fires at night time. Yeah, and he writes <laughs> one. He writes one liners, and then I was just thinking there, it's because he can't write longer jokes because he's at work. So he only has time yeah. to, in between the sirens and the putting out and saving people's lives, he's like, oh, I'll just think a quick joke there, quick joke there. And then he puts them all together at night. That's yeah. probably what he does. Yeah, and in case, because he's on call a lot of the times while he's doing his comedy show, so his jokes have to be short because sometimes he gets the fucking beeper. And he's like, thank God I got through that punchline. I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. So yeah, coming to Paul Marsh's gags, uh, on a side note, Sonia O'Sullivan is a gold medalist runner for Ireland in the uh, the Olympics and uh, and all that. So just so just so you know, that might that might pop up. All right, here's Paul Marsh. Besides being 50, I work for Dublin Fire Brigade, and this is like my thanks thanks very much. Uh, this this is like my, my second job. So so basically, if somebody shouts you're on fire, I could be doing a really good job or a really bad job. 
depending on where I am. I wish I came up with that joke myself and it didn't come about from real events, but... Um, and the thing that people ask you when, they, when, they, when they find out you're in the fire brigade, they say, what's that like, handy number? They say, yeah, 999. <laughs> you don't get more handier than that. Um, I should warn you, I am known for dad jokes. Uh, yeah, I, I am a dad, I'm qualified. Um, uh, myself and my wife, we, we were trying to get pregnant for a long time, and in the end, anyway, she got there before me, so. <laughs> Statistics or something. So, I'm a, so I've been a proud dad for four years now. Thanks, thanks very much. Um, he's actually six years old. It took me a while to warm to him. <laughs> but uh, it's great, though. Yeah, having, ki having kids is great. People try and give you advice when you have kids. Um, I remember some when he was a toddler, someone said to me, a good way of getting him asleep is to bring him for a drive. And I was like, no, it's, it's not, because fucking with the wind in his face and the sound off my motorbike, uh, fucking he was even more alert, you know. Uh, or coming up with names. Coming up with names for children. That's a fucking tough one. Um, uh, I, Actually, my neighbours, uh, the O'Sullivans, they're having a baby, a baby girl they're expecting next month. I suggested Sonia, and I think they like it because they said, yeah, that's a runner. So, uh, but yeah, coming up with names, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with baby names, right? Because I work for Dublin Fire Brigade, but I'm a paramedic as well, right? And you hear the worst names you could hear for children on the back of the ambulance. Uh, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, I'll give you an example of the worst two I've ever got. I got a child one I call Famale. You know, and I thought that was Italian. It sounds Italian, like fumale. I learned loads of Italian words, like bruschetta. That's just for starters. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but I do. And so I said, is that Italian? And she says to me, no, this is a true story. She says, now, one of the nurses in the hospital came up with it. She wrote it on her chart. And then she spelled out the word female. Honest to God, right, in Tala, where I, where I used to live up until recently, I got a little girl in the back of the ambulance called Sudoku. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be professional at all times, but straight into the mother's face, I was like, Sudoku? And she says to me, yeah, is that a problem? I said, well, actually, it is a, a, a problem. <laughs> I remember asking for the child's date of birth, and she gave me one number. I had to figure the rest out myself. I started that was Paul Marsh. Great. Great gags, man. Yeah, you may recognize him from saving your life if you were in a fire. Yeah, imagine that. I recognize that voice. Oh, he was dragging me out of a burning building that time. Yeah. Yeah, cool, man. And the, the helmets they wear now look like astronaut helmets. And our next, our next guy you may... <laughs> <laughs> our next guy you may recognize from the Irish Republican Army. Um, he no, starts he, the fires. He starts the fires. No. <laughs> he's definitely not in the IRA. But he is from Belfast. And he's got a lovely, soft Belfast tone to him. I love his voice. Oh, it's great. I could listen to Richie all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, here's Richie talking about drinking, Irish drinking. And then after that, he goes uh, he goes shopping for runners, shoes. He goes shoe shopping. Well, wait till you hear what happens. Today, I had a couple of pints today. It's good having the pints the next day. You know, we have a name for that in Ireland. Can you know the name? The Cure. Every Irish person knows the cure, right? You could even go into a doctor's office in the middle of the pandemic and go, what's the cure? And he'd be like, more pints. <laughs> and it's widely accepted, the cure. The whole population can agree on it. You know, there's not like there's 6% of the population that are like, I'm not putting that in my body. Um, I don't trust them pints. Um, 
I just don't know the long-term effect of those pounds. Um, I read on Facebook that uh, Guinness is actually partially owned by Bill Gates, so uh, fuck, I'm just saying. But it's good. It's, be, it's good to be back on stage. I haven't been gigging in months, so it's exciting to be back. You know, I thought I'd go into town today, maybe get some new clothes, some new shoes, have a look around the shops. Right, I went into a shop called TK Maxx, okay? If you're not familiar with TK Maxx, it's just a random assortment of items in no particular order. Right? It's like an indoor car boot sale, right? I went in there, right? I went over to the shoe section over by the par drills. And, um, and I actually found a shoe that I liked, but it was a couple of sizes too small, okay, right? So I picked up the shoe and I went up to a member of staff and I said, so you wouldn't have this in like a size 11? And he said, I don't even have the other one of those. <laughs> I mean, it got it anyway. It was a good price. So it, was, it, was, it was half price. I had a completely different experience of buying running shoes, okay? I was in the sports shop, right? And this guy was on the ball. You know, he's wearing the tracksuit and all fucking, you know, just to let you know that he plays tennis once a month. You know, he's like... And he's giving me the full sales pitch of this fancy running shoe, okay? He goes, see this shoe here? uses the same material that Elon Musk uses in his rockets to go to space. I said, uh, I probably won't be going that far. Uh, if you have something that would get me maybe as far as Inshakur, I'd be... That'd be great. Richie Bree there. Cracking Richie Bree. I love it, man. His pauses are bang on. Best pauses in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you say it best when you say nothing at all. That was Richie. Richie Bree. Man, his gags are on point. He's like the opposite of what I can do. I'll just talk and find the joke from talking. He'll be like, no, these words are exactly what you need and nothing else. Yeah. Just yeah. So it brings you right in. Class. And who do we have next? Oh, next we had Louise O'Toole. Man, Louise O'Toole, great comic. And I hadn't seen her for a couple of years, obviously, because of the you know, pandemic. And then a lot of comics sort of did other bits and pieces, little jobs here and there while they were waiting. And Louise became a yoga instructor. Oh. No, I actually, uh, I actually train, I trained to be a yoga teacher um, just before the pandemic. Um, my friends were like, that will look great on your Tinder bio. <laughs> um, I also thought, you know, I might get ripped, you know, 200 hours of yoga, I'll get a six pack. Spoiler alert, I did not get ripped. I did get a lot of Indian takeaways. Um, because every day we would go into class and they would be like, today we're going to try a Viparita Karani. I'd be like, amazing. That is like my favorite side dish from the Bombay Pantry. Turns out it is not a chickpea and cardamom taste sensation. 
Um, it's actually a yoga pose where you lie on the ground and put your legs up the wall. Um, it's very good, you know, very relaxing. Um, incidentally, has a very similar effect on the body to an Indian takeaway. <laughs> Sound effect and smell effect. Oh, that's a fart joke there, guys. Just keeping an eyebrow. <laughs> uh, that is one thing I don't really get about yoga, though, in like Ireland and in the Western world. Like most of the classes are filled with women. I don't really get why more men don't do yoga, you know? Because you guys, you actually only have one hole that you can fart out of. <laughs> we actually have twice that many, you know? Now, I do hope there aren't um, any women in the audience who've re um, um, But my, my dad's actually 10 years older than my mom as well. Um, so he was actually in his 50s when I was born. Um, so he was actually classed as a legend. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I did. I actually, I used to say, uh, b before the Steve Martin example, I actually used to say, uh, Alec Baldwin, eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah, had to put a bullet in that one. Yeah. Too, is it too, too soon? Is it too soon? Uh, I mean, he was a really good example, though, right? Because he has six kids under seven in his 60s. So we did actually know that he wasn't shooting blanks. <laughs> Wow, it really is too soon. Oh my god! Brilliant. Wow, Great. Alec Ball. I didn't know. I didn't know she was going to pull Alec Baldwin out of her back pocket. Class. Well, I did because we were both there at the gig on Saturday. But well, yeah, but on the night. This, no, but at the oh, night. Right. At the I night, thought cause... you were trying to act surprised at the podcast. Like, Alec Baldwin. I spit, up, I spit up my drink. <laughs> No, but it was great. Like, I love the hit when people are like, ooh, you know. Yeah, the there was a shock. There was a shock. I love that. He's still in the news, the solicitors and everything. Yeah. Poor bastard. Heavy topic. Let's move on. Okay, what else are we talking? Who's next? It's it's me, I think. Are we going to do one of my bits? Hit, yeah. Hit. Oh, yeah. So, Eddie, on Saturday, you decided to do a brand new bit about your uh, attention deficit disorder. ADD. That was new that night, wasn't it? First time hitting it up on the stage, yeah. Man, it ripped, I thought. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not yeah, people, bad. Because yeah. yeah. it was funny because I should I'm not allowed to say it ripped, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Irish. But, but, like, but for the first time doing it on a Saturday, it was, it, you yeah. must have been very happy with it. I, and it was funny because I should have guessed you had ADD because I I probably have it as well. You definitely have ADD. I'm the, put, it, put the D in D, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The A, definitely. I'm A, we're A, D, D, D. Attention, definitely, definitely deficient. Disorder. <laughs> <laughs> The ADDD. ADDHD. Because I like to throw in, in HD. That's the, the hyperactive in a, a, bit. ADD in, in HD. HD. The hyperactive. They love throwing the hyper. That's the H. Attention. Definitely deficient in high definition. <laughs> straight to your screen and in your face because they will be in your face. But only for a few minutes. Then they'll get distracted and they'll go off somewhere It's else. 4K demo. Yeah. But it, what was great about your bit was because someone diagnosed you pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, after, how do you talk about that? After a, after a gig, fucking some man just came up to me and, uh, yeah, let's listen to them. Um, but I also have ADD, right? A attention didn't give a fucking school, right? Uh, that was fun. I'm not actually diagnosed, right? What happened? Was, but you know when you know you have something? You know, you know, like you got an itchy dick. You're like, you know, I don't need a doctor to tell me something's up, right? 
what happened was, I had my suspicions about me having ADD, but I did a comedy show one night, and a German, about a year ago, a German guy after the show came up to me and he said, uh, hello, I liked your comedy, uh, I am a psychologist in Germany, and I can see you have the attention deficit disorder. <laughs> the fuck? No, I don't. You've been tested in school. It's like, no, we didn't get tested, we got shouted at. It was, it was different, it was more cost effective, you know? We didn't get treatment, we got abused. That's why it was, um, they were the times, right? But he was like, he was shocked. He said, how have you not been tested? You, you should get tested. I, I'm, so, I am very confident you have attention deficit. So what the fuck? From like, from my jokes for 10 minutes, he just made this fucking diagnosis. This, does this German psychologist just go around to strangers at work diagnosing them? You know? Hello, barista, you make a lovely coffee, but I can see from the way you pour the milk, you have codependency with your mother. Yeah. You didn't steam the milk for long enough. Yeah, you can't hold down a relationship. <laughs> What's wrong with you, huh? <laughs> um, are there any anti-vaxxers in? <laughs> They're finally allowed in. <laughs> you poor cunts, you held out this long. I am shocked by anti-vaxxers that they, like, I have, I, I would bend. I don't believe in anything that strongly, you know? Like, they really believed in the, to the point they're not willing to fucking just, just do it for a pint. Do it to enjoy life. <laughs> if, even if it was, even if it was Bill Gates, you know, if I went to a bar and the bouncer was like, do you have your Bill Gates chip inserted into your brain? I was like, no. And he was like, you can't get in. I was like, give me the chip. Go on. <laughs> I want a pint. Fuck it. <laughs> Bill Gates, fuck me in the ass. If it's, I get a pint out of it. Fine. But you anti-vaxxers, you fucking, you really believed in it. Um, but I went to, I was walking by an anti-vax protest outside the GPO about a month ago, and there was a lady holding a plaque, and the plaque read, um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was like, convicted pedophiles can get into bars, but the unvaccinated cannot. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> pedophiles in a bar, it's not a problem, you know? <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> Pedophiles in a playground. Now that's a problem. <laughs> if that was what was going on in her plaque, I'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But in a one pedophile in, he's like, I'm not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> not a problem at all. <laughs> oh, God. I wonder, though, like, is, does this woman think that pedophilia is contagious? Is that what she's worried about? You know? Oh, gee, I sat beside a fucking pervert at the bar and I, I caught the pedo 19. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, pedo 13. Whoops. Uh, I have to put my hard drive into lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then straight into the, I love the, the protest bit about the anti-vax, which Richie sort of like very subtly alluded to anti-vax, which is great, just with pints. And then you just jumped straight in, mm. saw a protest and... <laughs> Jump in the deep end. Jump in the deep end. Uh, I, should, I should put on a, like, little glasses now and put my fingers together and be like, uh, so Eddie, uh, how did you make the connection between uh, anti-vaxxers and paedophiles? Well, someone <laughs> did it for me. A, a, a wild lady at the GPO. Oh, yeah, just the placard. Yeah. I didn't make the connection at all. Um, I wonder how she... Anyway, but but yeah, you know, it's like it's like QAnon, you know. The, uh, pedophilia is. We're going to get into it. We're only twenty minutes on pedophilia. Don't worry. We, <laughs> <laughs> there should be more. Let's call it the Crackdown Pedophilia Podcast. <laughs> CDPP. Well, it's always the, it's the go-to like worst thing. 
You know, it's like yeah. the most, it's the most, you get the most visceral emotional reaction from, you know, oh, pedophilia. Oh, God, no. Ah! Mm. That's what QAnon, the conspiracy is that all Democrats are pedophiles. That's what, you know, hit, hit, that's the theory. Yeah. That they're, and they're all, they're not just pedophiles, they're eating people as well. But anyway. What? Yeah, that's the theory. But so the so it's it's always the most base, like get them in the stomach. You know, you protest mm. and you want to catch someone's attention. Hey, there's pedophiles in the bar. Mm. You know, nothing to do with COVID at all. Like a wild connection. But yeah, let's get them. Get them in there. Because that's funny. I think everyone, it's something we can all agree on. We all hate pedophiles. I think even pedophiles would hate pedophiles. Yeah, most of them. Because you'd want to be the only one. Because then it wouldn't be a problem. You could probably go under the radar. If there was one pedophile on earth... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Statistically, you'd be like, oh, that kid must be lying because that doesn't happen ever. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brandon's in the corner sniggering. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's only me. <laughs> that is atrocious. But like, uh, because it's, but you're right. Everyone can, could be like, yeah, I can't, I didn't know about the Democrats eating people though. That was, that's the QAnon theory that they're, so that they're, they're pedophiles, but they also drink the blood of the children. Oh what? Yeah, see, but it's that it's that like the most fucking visceral, yeah. emotional, like really get you, like cannibalism. Yeah. Ooh, pedophilia. Oh god. Yeah. Throw them together. Ah Yeah. I went to fucking Lidl the other day and uh, I went to get my I, I normally buy the, the kind of mid range wheat beer that's in Lidl. Lovely. And it's one fifty. Lidl oh. is by the way, um L I D L uh shopping center, sort of well priced. Well priced. Quite, quite cheap, quite random. So. Aesthetically very minimal. Uh, mm. Bare. You know, they don't, they don't bother with any kind of fancy advertising. No aesthetics. No, no aesthetics. No. It's still in those green sort of crates or whatever they got off the forklift, straight in the shop. I don't know if you ever found yourself in like a kind of factory, like where <laughs> they, they're cutting wood and doing things and you're like, oh God, this feels dangerous. That's what little is. It's like that. It's like uh, that. Similar to the TK Maxx that uh, Richie was talking about earlier, but for food and, and items. Bits and bobs everywhere. Where the hell am I? Yeah. So I was in little trying to find my nice wheat beer that I normally get. They have well, good beer for cheap. Great beer. It's the little brand, one euro fifty. There's also the cheaper little brand, which is in a can, one euro. Tastes like piss. Don't get it. And then there's the nice Francis Canner beer, which is the fancier wheat beer, which is two euro in little. Nice. Now, new regulations just came in, right? Mm. So you, you normally have your three different wheat beers to select from, three different prices depending on your income, right? Yeah. Now they're all two euro. The cheap piss oh. can, two euro. The mid range, two euro, and the Francis Canner, two euro. That's not a choice anymore. That's, that's horrible. That's mad. But, that's uh, horrible. It's really just telling poor people they shouldn't be drinking as much. Yeah, because... that's, it's horrible. Why are they doing this? Like, out of one thing, especially Ireland should know better than anyone that as long as you've got drink to fall back on and go, you can have a great day. Doesn't matter how bad your job is, how much you've had a bad day. At least you can go. I can go down to Little or wherever I get my drink, and then have a nice, a nice beer for cheap. Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. and the government are making a shambles of so many different things. The fucking housing crisis, whatever lockdown. The yeah. last thing they want is a sober public how come that, that that should be the next referendum i'd vote like i would you, you, you can't you can't like bring the best thing that is affordable not affordable anymore should be down to a referendum although i would i would i would that, i would register to vote for that now you you, <laughs> you would register I haven't you haven't it. registered for this this is the for this is the thing that would make you register yeah yeah big time we like gay everyone. marriage repeal the a <laughs> Divorce? You've been here for 20-something years. You All these referendums and you're like, 
Car pack has gone up by a euro. Fuck this! <laughs> Get me my form. Of course I believe in uh, women's rights. Is there any beer at this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, eat, drink, and be merry. See, it lets at least across, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you do with your life. Beer should be cheap for everybody. Yeah. So across all borders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're listening to this in fucking Poland or wherever... Send in how much a beer is in your country so we can feel terrible about ourselves. Oh, yeah, man. That's always Australia. my biggest shock. Yeah, go to fucking wherever. Oh, yeah, the other day you said we got interrupted because the comedy club started, but uh, you said Ishka, your dog, had to go to the vet. Was it? To get surgery. Yeah, what happened? She's getting spayed. She's getting, is it when your ovaries are removed? Oh, come on. What? Come on, what? Is that what happens? Yeah. <laughs> Is, yeah. that, is that necessary? It's ne- Well, it's necessary. I mean, it's either that or fucking killing puppies. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Because, oh, yeah, I was just thinking. I mean, it's that... question, it is a fucking interesting question. Is it ethical to get a dog spayed to remove the ovaries? I think you get rid of the balls of the male dogs. Yeah, but you can't trust that every dog owner has gotten yeah, rid of the balls of their dog. Yeah. They're like, that dog comes up sniffing Ishka's little... little and if you puss. look around the back... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You I'm like, hey, yeah, you're, I don't know. Are, are there balls on you? Oh, no, there's no balls. Yeah, give it a good you're sniff. You're okay. Puss, puss. Yeah, that could be mates. That would, you, you know what? <laughs> but as, because you're the, you're the adopted father of this dog. Adoptive, yeah. Yep, you're, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you're the biological father <laughs> of Ishka. The, 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 what kind of breed is she? Uh, Malarkey Collie. That's Malarkey <laughs> Collie. That, because, um, you know, if you're, if you're a father of a, of a daughter, I would say this would be similar to, like, say, prom night or going on the Debs or, you know, when they start <laughs> dating, they come around. It's like, <laughs> Hi, when they come I, around, I you love go, you so much. Your it's balls. prom night tomorrow. Please uh... Just go, let me clip your balls. You clip the dude's balls, like with a peg or whatever, and with a lock on it. And you go, and they're not, you know, you clip the scrotum. You clip. And you're like, you drop it back at 11. Don't undo that clip, whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> Put an alarm on a ball clip. Is that like an ankle tag, a scrotum tag, yeah, stroke you, tag? You've like a GPS alarm. That you yeah. clip beep, onto beep, the beep, beep, and it and it hones into their location. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can just go in there. In fact, probably all men when they when they turn thirteen should get one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I call it the hashtag clamp. <laughs> but uh, you, I mean, humans are different, Damo. That's why dogs are. Yeah, do- dogs just take out their ovaries. Just take them out. Yeah, get That's rid of trouble. it. The only I'm worried about those. Uh, my dad was saying that they get more, like our, our family dog got more aggressive with female dogs once she got spayed. Huh? So something happens. Fucking women what? hate women. Women, and then when they don't have an ovary, and oh. so another dog does have an ovary, they, they don't like them at all. Give me that ovary. Give me the ovary. They can smell that they have ovaries. They can smell they have ovaries. Jeez, man, that's fun. So I'm worried now about what, if I take my little Ishka out, is she going to be barking and starting on other... So she's had it. Oh, yeah, it's been it's, uh, it's all been safe she's in good condition she's coming home today ah uh, that's great yeah did she have the cone on her head she has the cone I love that the cone cone of shame the cone I love the cone of shame like it's bad for the dog but it, the good thing is you always go oh that's just temporary but it's so funny they look like a little satellite dish you know, you know, you know what she looks like uh, what's the handmaiden's tail <laughs> that's, that's the cone on her head and it's just like handmade so like you're, you're, you're in control of the reproductive that's organs it. that's it I read that book I was like how do I live this in real life uh, Eddie Handmaid's Tale Malaki they call him <laughs> but that's funny like there's other things that you do to dogs you know they're bigger dogs and you see that their tail is clipped little stump tail yeah and like, I asked one dog owner I was like when I was real young I did, like, it was just a kid and I was like oh the tail's gone and they said I don't know if this is true or not 
there's probably an actual reason why they do it. But he goes, ah, yeah, but like when that when the tail wagged, it would like knock things off tables. That's so cruel. So we just do it for that. It, it, he knocked my coffee. Get the scissors. How out. dare you? And then, but it's true. That's I mean, we uh, Ishka has an incredibly long and aggressive tail. When she, <laughs> when she's aggressive. happy, man. It, she knocks the whole fucking house down. It, the whole, it's just so you keep everywhere. her depressed and chop, chop yeah. out her ovaries. <laughs> keep the cone of shame on her. That it was either the tail or the ovaries. We went with the ovaries. Yeah, yeah. If they, we can either if we, the only way she's gonna be happy is if we cut her tail off. We can't have that thing banging around <laughs> with pure joy. I, like I love, drinking. but like I love when the, when the tail's wagging around. If it knocks something over, it's a good laugh. It's like, I love. Hey, she's so happy. Yeah, it's it's. Why would you want to cut that off? You'd be such a miserable of, bastard to be like, yeah. Oh, knock my coffee over. Yeah. Well, look how happy she is. Yeah, you know, you're having a laugh in a comedy club, and you you, you drop your drink because you, you you're loving it so much. It's the equivalent of that. Kind of. Sort of. You know, you laugh and you throw yourself around. <laughs> you and you, laugh you, you smash glass on yeah, the floor. Yeah, your gin and tonics just thrown against the wall. What a great yeah. night. Now I call Max Stumpy. I'm going to get his arm removed. And, and when he gets excited, he wags it too much anyway. Know, yeah, he, Stop moving your hand. He, he knocked my coffee over with his arm. That arm has got to go. First your ovaries, Max, then your arm. Ovaries, testes, arm. <laughs> just, imagine this kid with no arms. What the hell happened to him? Ah, uh, he just kept knocking things off tables. Oh, God, we've strayed so far from... Our, the comedy club podcast that we intended to do. Um, well, what will we keep in? Let's find no, out. No, none of it. Uh, okay. Scrap it all. Okay, okay. So, God. We got- so, last up, sorry, last on the night on Saturday, we had Ian Coppinger, who is absolutely class. Man, I've, I've toured with this guy, and he, his girlfriend is from Perth, where I'm from as well. So, uh, here's a clip of that. <laughs> I actually have an Australian girlfriend. She lives in Perth. I live in Dublin. Haven't seen her in two years. It's going fucking wonderfully. I've tried to impress her. Every time I go to Australia, I've tried to become a little bit more Australian. A couple of years ago, I had a pie. That was nice. Uh, The year before that, I tried to be racist for a day. And that went down well, but not with everyone. And the year before that, I did something. And I was very proud that I did this. Irish people, we don't really do this very well. But if you've ever been to a hot country, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I went out in my bare feet. I had no idea that I had Irish feet. I just thought feet were feet. I found out that I had fucking Irish feet on a very hot day in Perth, 45 degrees. I took off me little Irish shoes and me little Irish socks. And I put me little Irish feet onto the Australian ground. And no one told me that the ground was the temperature of the fucking sun. And... <laughs> I'd never experienced pain like this in my life. I was halfway across a very large garden, equidistant from any bit of shade, and it just struck me as, oh, for fuck's sake, what is this? Oh, I was doing that thing that lizards do, just (laughs) trying to distribute the heat evenly. What the fuck is going on? This is extreme pain. And then I looked at her. She'd been out there for half an hour because she's got Australian feet. All Australian people have got Australian feet. You've got Australian feet. If you've never been with an Australian woman, give it a go. They're fucking lovely. They're sexy and squidgy. And then you get to the foot, and it's the weirdest substance known to man. Australian women's feet are like upside-down armadillos. They're fucking ridiculous. They're harder than diamond. She has said to me, oh, can you give me a foot massage? And I said, I honestly don't know if I have the strength. I can phone a few blokes, get some power tools, and between the lot of us, we might be able to get some sensation out of that fucking pachyderm you call a fucking foot, you freak. Now go off and eat your fucking fruit. Coppinger. Coppinger. Coppinger, class. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been... Uh, we didn't know what was, this was going to be like. We just wanted to show you clips, let you listen to clips from um, our buddies doing comedy, and it's because we're just so excited to be yeah. back. If you like stand-up comedy, we're going to have the best fucking Irish comedy every week in clips. Yeah. 
And so listen up. Shane, well, how do people usually sign off podcasts? Yeah, we, Shane is an expert at this kind of thing. Just like that? Just we we did it. He said nailed it. He, uh, Shane, the producer, great guy, said we did a great sign-off. All right, thanks again for listening, team. Thank you for listening. Jamie, I'm Eddie Malarkey. Jamie Clark! See you soon!